Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Racing Beat Podcast. I'm Jerry Bunkowski. Yes, we've been on hiatus for the last couple of months, but we're back today, and it couldn't be better timing or a better guest. Our guest today on today's podcast is Julie Giese, the president of Phoenix Raceway, which is where NASCAR will hold its season-ending races and decide the championships Friday night for the Truck Series, Saturday for the Xfinity Series, and of course the NASCAR Cup Championship will be decided Sunday in what's promising to be an extremely big race. We taped the interview with Julie a few weeks ago, and we couldn't think of a better time to post it than right now. So sit back, enjoy our podcast interview with Julie Giese, the president of Phoenix Raceway. Welcome back to another edition of the Racing Beat right here on the Believe Podcast Network, and it's my honor to welcome in Julie Giese, the president of Phoenix Raceway, longtime uh, friend and definitely a one of the most inspiring women in not only motorsports, but in sports in general. So Julie, I'm looking forward to talking with you about uh, your history, what you're doing these days, and uh, Phoenix Raceway. We've got a lot to talk about. So first of all, I guess the best place to start off with and to get some people more familiarized with who you are, uh, president of, of Phoenix Raceway, you took over in, was it 2018, was it, or 19? 18, yeah, almost three years ago now. Wow, time has flown. And tell me about how your your path got you to Phoenix. I know you were, you were at Watkins and you were a couple other places, but I mean, how did your path get you to to uh, to Phoenix Raceway? Yeah, I grew up a race fan, so this is I had the opportunity to live my dream job, which is it's pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, I started at Watkins Glen International in 2001. It was an entry level PR manager position, um, and that was a great place for me to learn. It was a small team of people. You had the opportunity to do a whole lot of everything and uh, had the opportunity then to move to our sister track in Daytona mm -hmm. in 2004. So I traded in the winters for the beach <laughs> and uh, uh, spent uh, 14 years at in Daytona, uh, 12 of those with Daytona International Speedway as their vice president of marketing. And actually at the end of that Daytona Rising project that we opened in January of 2016, I left the team at Daytona International Speedway and joined actually our construction team as we were getting ready to start the Phoenix Raceway project. Mm -hmm. So that was a, a, a new renovation coming on the heels of that Daytona renovation. I had kind of fallen into this default project manager role when I was with Daytona, working really closely with the architects and the construction teams. And so they asked if I would join them and do something similar for the team in Phoenix. So I spent two years working on that Phoenix Raceway project had a huge opportunity to also work with all of our tracks on a lot of different renovations and capital projects during those two years. And uh, the opportunity presented itself for the role at Phoenix Raceway. I threw my hat in the ring in 2018. And here I am three years later. I'll be darned. Well, you know, to me, and I've known you for a long time, but to go from a basically like a PR background, PR marketing background, to project management, to construction, that's a huge leap. How did you, I mean, were you, did you ever have any construction or, you know, engineering kind of background at all or not? 
No, uh, math is not something I do well. <laughs> um, and any of that stuff was, that was, a, it was a huge learning curve for me. But honestly, those two years that I spent with our construction team, and I tell the team, that team this all the time, it, it was the best two years. It was what prepared me and honestly made me realize that I could be a track president because mm -hmm. when I left Daytona and it was not something I aspired to, to do, to be very candid, it, um, I did not see that as my path, but spending those two years on the construction team and working with all of our track presidents and seeing how they led their teams and how everyone did it differently, uh, it, it helped me get a, a better comfort level for my ability, my leadership style. There doesn't have to be one right way to do it. You can do it your way. Um, I was able to learn from, you know, 12 of the best in the business. And I credit all of them for helping me realize that it was it was worth the, the, the leap of faith to throw my hat in the ring for the right. track president role out here. Now, you know, one of the things, and I mean this in the highest complimentary fashion, you are now essentially one of the most powerful women in motorsports. So you follow in the footsteps of people like Gillian Zucker, Lisa France Kennedy. That is a very significant accomplishment for you to be where you're at now, but it's also a very important accomplishment. Can you kind of talk about how, you know, females that maybe want to get into motorsports or are or already are in motorsports, either, you know, as a competitor or in the front office or what have you. Tell me about the responsibility that you have and the importance of that role that you have for other females to, to kind of serve like a role model, if you will. Well, and I, I do appreciate that. I think for me, I, it was something that I really didn't spend a lot of time thinking about until I was in this role and, and it became a, a consistent question. And, and I remember one of my good friends, um, her daughter said to her when she told her, uh, she was like 10 or 11, told her that I was going to be the president of the racetrack. And her uh, response was, wow, that means I can do anything. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. It was just right. like hearing that like a 10 year old girl um, and, and me being a president of the track, that was what made her like what she felt. It was pretty powerful. And I think spending 12 years in Daytona at Daytona National Speedway, you learn so much about the France family and Annie B. France. Um, I have heard so many amazing stories about Annie B. And I mean, she really was that leader for NASCAR from day one with Big right. Bill. And I think you hear so much about Big Bill and Annie B was right along with him. She was keeping the finances and you hear the stories of all the things that she did to keep the sport moving forward um, alongside Big Bill. And that's what I always think about when I think about the responsibility that I have is it's, it's honoring the history of our sport. You talked about Lisa France Kennedy with her continued leadership the family with Annie B. Um, I had the opportunity to work with Gillian Zucker, both at Daytona and then when she was the president at Auto Club Speedway. I still talk to her quite a bit, um, try, to, try to keep in touch, bounce ideas off of her. So for me, I just wanna continue that and, and honor what all these tremendous women have already done and continue to set that stage moving forward and be that role model. Show, show everybody that you can do anything. Right. Like, it's really how you how you want to approach it, and um, and it, people if people tell you no, just tell them yes. Like keep pushing. Right, exactly. What has been the most 
enjoyable part of moving to Phoenix and taking over the role you have now? I mean, it seems like you said, it's been almost three years. Um, you know, you've done some significant and fantastic work. I mean, uh, the championship race has been moved to Phoenix for the last you know year, and then that's going to be continuing again this year. But I mean, what's been the most exciting, most satisfying thing that you've enjoyed uh, in your tenure at Phoenix Raceway? You know, three years, there's been so much that has happened here. We opened a brand new facility. Essentially, you talk about the championship race. We've had so much positive momentum out here. For me, the thing that I have enjoyed the most um, has been the people. And that is obviously the amazing team that we have here at Phoenix Raceway. But this is a community uh, in the city of Phoenix, city of Avondale, the Valley in general. Um, it's a big city, but it doesn't treat like it doesn't feel that way they like from the moment I joined this community like they have embraced me they have wanted to see Phoenix Raceway succeed and they like they want to be involved I feel like every day there's somebody connecting me to somebody else that has interest or hey you should uh, talk to this person and there's so many of those connection points that are happening it's it's tremendous like they they want to see Phoenix Raceway succeed and it's been really positive and for me growing up as a race fan like there's nothing better than seeing our race fans on event weekend like I am so much more comfortable sitting in the grandstands watching the race with them than I am on the pre-race stage giving my welcome speech or all those other things that you have to do now um, just seeing those race fans and seeing their smiles that was uh, it's my favorite thing um, of everything walking through those gates and and welcoming them to our facility. Let's go back in time, and I don't want to date you here, but I'm gonna. We got to go back a little bit in time. You you grew up in is it Colby, Wisconsin? It was. Yeah, like the cheese, home of Colby cheese. <laughs> How did the path from and now you you were on a you work on a farm or you lived on a farm, right? So yeah, you I mean you, you you did all the I mean the reason I can relate to that is I spent all my summers. Uh, on a farm in Wisconsin for like 10 years. I mean, I did all the milking the cows, you know, doing the, going the, putting the, the, uh, the feed in the silos, all that kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. how did you go from little town in Wisconsin on a farm? How did the path direct you, not so much to Watkins, but just motorsports in general? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. I did. I grew up on a dairy farm. My brother is on that farm now. It's a third generation family farm, small dairy farm. At the time, a lot of work growing up on that farm. Um, but now looking back on it, it's, it's the best thing that happened to me being able to, I mean, you learn so much, um, but you learn the value of hard work. I have mm -hmm. two incredible role models with my parents that you know, if you're not feeling good, the cows aren't going to wait. Like you have to go milk the cows. Right, and right. Like you can't take a day off. There's no such thing. And um, you're always moving. You're always doing things. There's not downtime. And I think that really is what set the stage for me. And, and from a mindset perspective is just the value of hard work. And that's what I've, how I've approached everything that um, I do, whether it's my work here in motorsports or if it's um, work in the community, like it's just the value of hard work and, and being a good partner. Um, and so for me, I grew up a racing and I wanted to work in racing. I decided halfway through my college uh, career that uh, animal science and genetics was not for me. After staring into a microscope for an entire summer, I realized, yeah, this isn't going to work. That's the value of internships, by the way. <laughs> you learn what you like and what you don't like. Um, right. And so I yeah, I changed my major to marketing. And at that point, I really started to think about racing. And 
what can I do in that sport and um, wanted to work in it, sent my resume out to a whole lot of racetracks uh, when I graduated and I got a whole lot of rejection letters, but continued to um, network, make sure people knew that I wanted to work in racing and as luck would have it, as you know, Jerry, you've been in the sport for so long. It's so much about who you know and yes. making connections and networking. A coworker at the agency I was working at in Minneapolis had a friend who I, at the time I didn't know worked at Watkins Glen International. And she mentioned to him that there was a, a, one of her coworkers had, was a big race fan. They ended up having an open position. He called to see if she was inter interested in the position and she wasn't, but she's like, you need to talk to Julie. So that like three or four degrees of separation and the rest is history. I'll be darned. That, that, that is a great story. The, the, you know, what, the way you, your path has gone, you know, you've done so many different things with Phoenix Raceway. You're, you've got such a large audience that comes there. You, you're, you know, you're playing host of the championship race. You've got another race in the spring. Obviously you have other events that go on there. Have you, you know, you're three years into the job. Have you started thinking about, the long term, because you I mean you essentially have a brand new racetrack. Essentially, I mean you know with the reconstruction and everything like that. What's down the road for the for the uh, facility? I mean, do you have any other any other game plans? Any other ideas to to add to the to facility? That kind of thing. Oh yeah, we have big plans. Um, big plans for us. We we want to. I mean, we're a motorsports destination, but we want to right. be an entertainment destination. We want to be um, a, a place that people come to for concerts or festivals. Uh, we have an off-road expo coming up here um, in September. We work with the city of Avondale really closely on a lot of their community events. So we want to be a, a destination for families um, for trick-or-treating or, -treating or uh, other the 4th of July places that they go. So that's a, that's a big um, aspiration for us. And that's something we're working on every day is working on what what else can we do um, mm -hmm. we are always going to be a racetrack that is first and foremost what phoenix raceway is but how do we continue to evolve the offerings that we have and get new people out to the venue because you get them out there with the you talk about it, it's basically a brand new racetrack and you are familiar with phoenix raceway but you're not familiar with phoenix raceway the past three years you, you really don't know what phoenix raceway is so get them out there that it's so the, the drive over the bridge and you see this beautiful facility in front of you with the Australia mountains right behind you. It's so picturesque. It gets people intrigued and interested. Um, and that's, that's what we want to do. We just want to get you out there and I'm pretty confident the facility is going to hook you. That's great. That's great. I want to go back to the previous answer. You talked about, um, you know, you sent out a bunch of letters and I know I was talking to Matt Humphrey from NASCAR who gave me you know the idea for this podcast and the story. And I, I wanted to ask you, he, he, he told me this story that, you have kept every single one of the rejection letters. He said something was like, a, was 150 or something like that? I mean, what, tell me the story about the rejection letters and why, I would imagine you use that not only as inspiration and to you know, remain persistent, but it's gotta be a motivating tool as well that you had all those uh, rejection letters. Tell me, tell me why you still keep them. You know, it's funny because I did not realize I had kept them until I was moving from Watkins Glen to Daytona and right like boxing everything up and came across this file folder called job letters. And I looked into it and I saw the, and it was crazy because the first letter on that, in that folder was from Daytona International Speedway. Which, really? Um, well, like the track I was moving to go work at. Um, and so then I was like, okay, I've got to start looking through this. And there was a letter in there actually from Gillian Zucker. 
she was at Kansas at the time building that venue. Um, there was a letter in there from Phoenix International Raceway, no, Phoenix Raceway, from the, actually the person that signed that letter was the person that had just hired me at Daytona. Um, and so it's there, a lot of letters signed by my peers at the time. Um, I didn't know. I, I mean, honestly, I kept them. Probably the race fan in me thought it was cool that I got a letter from a racetrack. Um, I'm not going to lie, uh, <laughs> but I'm really glad that I kept them because I do pull them out every once in a while just to remind myself perseverance and to not give up. And for me, I use those letters. Uh, I, I love to, to speak to kids and students and, uh, you know, you can do anything you want to do. And those letters are great props now. Uh, we read a couple of them and they say, sorry, you're not the right fit. Um, and, you know, don't give up. So I'm really glad I kept them. I, I've got to ask you, Gillian, you mentioned Gillian and a few other people. Do you, have you ever brought those letters up and what's in the response there's got to be some stories there too yeah i'll tell you what when i first saw them again i was moving to daytona so uh kenny kane who was um he was my boss at daytona when i was moving there uh he had signed the one at phoenix raceway so i took that one in like on day two because i thought it was pretty entertaining i was like so now it's okay to hire me um but and but back in the day you know so it's been fun i've, I've definitely have shared them with some of the peers but had signed them as uh, it, when we've shared a good laugh over it. Exactly. You know, looking at the future, Phoenix, the city, and, and in addition to Phoenix Raceway, the Phoenix, the city has just exploded over the last mm -hmm. 20 years. I mean, I remember my first time to Phoenix was I think 87 or 88, I think it was. And I was doing some baseball spring training coverage when I was with USA Today. And I just, I fell in love with the city. I mean, it became my favorite city bar none. I mean, I've been everywhere and that, and especially there's one town, which is probably about, I'm going to guess maybe 40 miles, 50 miles away from you, which is if I ever retire, which I'm probably never going to retire, but if I ever do retire, Fountain Hills, Arizona is my mm -hmm. favorite city. I mean, right outside of Scottsdale. I mean, when you yeah. drive over Shea Boulevard, you see that big Vista and then you get the big fountain in the middle of the, of the downtown area. But, but Phoenix as a whole has just exploded in terms of sports popularity. I mean, back in, in the late eighties, you know, you know, baseball spring training was pretty much it along with the Suns, And then, you know, the Cardinals moved there for the football team. And then they got a baseball team and they, they got a hockey team. What kind of a, and I've read a lot of things that Phoenix is considered among the top five sports, overall sports markets in the world, um, or in the country rather. Um, what has made Phoenix so key, so important that it's attracted so many people to move there? Obviously the weather is one thing, but, but I mean, this, the sports element of it too, as well. I mean, that's, that is huge. Cause I don't, I can't think of any other town that has, really grown that much and he added that many teams in you know rough less than what th roughly 30 years or so yeah it, it is pretty unique and it's a lot of fun to be part of that because phoenix raceway and nascar are part of those conversations and i think that's what's so fun is it's um you know we're we're part of that so and we we work very closely with one another we support one another i mean the sun's obviously going through their championship uh, playoff run um and falling just a bit short, but um, I mean, just the momentum and excitement that we all see for for those sports um, is pretty, it's pretty special. And I'd say you talk about just the growth in general, the state of Arizona uh, is growing leaps and bounds, not only from a consumer perspective, but from a business perspective. Yeah. And then the city of Avondale, I can't talk, I've been here for three years and just the changes that I've seen 
on the growth in our own backyard. There are thousands and thousands of new homes going up. There are new businesses. There is a, a, a whole master development plan. I mean, just so many different things. And so for those of us that came, my first trip to Phoenix Raceway was 2004, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, like, I mean, driving out to the track, it was just a lot of farmland and cotton fields. And now it is all residential and built up. I mean, it looks so different and it's fun to be part of that. And I, we having the championship and continuing to contribute and give back to the community and be, be a good community member and, and be part of that positive momentum uh, has been a lot of fun. Exactly. A couple more questions. I'm going to let you go. And thank you very much for being so generous with your time here. Looking at the, the future again, you know, NASCAR is changing a lot. I mean, we've seen some, you know, new venues or, or you know, schedule changes. We've got the new car coming up here ne next year. Um, what, what do you see on the horizon for NASCAR, you know, both on and off the track, not just so much from a, from a track presence perspective, but just from a NASCAR fans perspective? I mean, to me, the next five years, not only are going to be very pivotal, but they're going to be very exciting. I, I think that I think that it's going to really you know, get the sport back to where it was. I mean, obviously the economy and everything over the last 10, 12 years, I mean, it's, 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 we're getting out of that, that, um, you know, that void, if you will. But I mean, I think the next five years for NASCAR are going to be very, very exciting. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think so too. I think we are, I mean, such positive momentum right now for our sport, obviously being named sports business journal sports league of the year is a tremendous honor and one we're incredibly proud of but also understand what comes along with that there's a lot of responsibility and um and you look at that forward trajectory that this sport is on new fans you talk about that i cannot tell you the amount of questions and interest that i have been getting from members of the community that haven't really followed NASCAR, but are paying attention because of people like Michael Jordan getting involved. And um, you look at Trackhouse with Pitbull. Um, those are two names like in this market that resonate significantly. And people are asking questions and how do we uh, get more involved? And I think you look at uh, at just who our fans are, um, I believe, like, I can't remember what the percentage is, but we have a tremendous amount of new fans coming to mm -hmm. this year's championship for the first time. And we want to make sure that we pay off that experience. We've got a beautiful facility. The on-track action is great. And then you talk about, looks forward, fast forward to next year with the next-gen car and continuing to push our sport forward. And I think the the plan that we have is is solid. And I think you're going to see that it's just going to continue to grow from a momentum perspective, attracting more people, attracting a much more diverse fan base, a younger fan base, all those things that we've talked about for so many years, we're seeing it right now. And uh, there's a lot of excitement on the horizon. Well, I'll tell you about excitement. I mean, Phoenix Raceway has always been one of my favorite places. Now, I admit, I haven't been there for I think the last time I was there was 2016. I was sick of it as a, as a dog. I actually had to fly home. I was that bad. But but I've got to ask you this. I have one. Now, you may have changed it since then. So if, I, if I'm wrong, I apologize. But I would make one suggestion to you, if, if you haven't done it already. You've got to get an in and out franchise in this inside the uh, the racetrack, you know, for I mean, when I get off an airplane, I don't care if it's Los Angeles, Phoenix, San Francisco, the first place I always go as soon as I get my rental car in and out and I got to get my double double burger, you know, my cheeseburger. So, I mean, you got to have one of those. I mean, if you thought about that, I mean, I'll be there for the, play, for the championship then for sure. If you have one there this, this fall, I'm going to be there for sure then. That's so funny. We don't have that. We have plenty of other options. We have a Rudy's Trackside instead, which is a great local barbecue joint. And it's right. another one of those places that 
you get off the airplane and it is where people are heading to if you want some really good local barbecue. So right. I know I know exactly what you're talking about, though. I hear that <laughs> from so many people. I used to do the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, they just opened, they started um, uh, building franchises in Colorado. So they're slowly moving east. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, at my age, will they ever get to Illinois? Maybe in about 30 years. Will I still be around? I don't know about that, but that's other things. So, but, but, you know, I, one other thing I wanted to ask you, Julian, again, thank you so much for taking the time. You know, the, the, the change you've made over the years, I mean, from PR marketing to, you know, uh, all the other roles that you were involved in the construction, the, you know, the engineering, what has been, and this is maybe a very difficult question for you to answer, but of everything you've done, what has been the most rewarding thing that you've done? I mean, is it the, the rebuild of Daytona? Is the rebuild of, of Phoenix? I mean, or is there something else that maybe yet that I have that we haven't talked about that you have found to be the most rewarding aspect of your career in NASCAR? It's a great question. And it's so hard to pinpoint one thing because you, you just mentioned it. The rebuild of, of Daytona, that was three years in the works. And um, and that is like the, the home of, of our, the birthplace of our sport. And, and to make sure that you do it the right way was incredibly important. I had the opportunity to be part of the 50th Daytona 500 celebration and the 50th Rolex 24 celebration. Those were two very incredible uh, events to be part of. The, the United States Air Force Thunderbirds relationship with Daytona, I had the opportunity to be part of that um, from day one. That is one partnership I'm incredibly proud of because now you you don't see, you can't think about the Daytona 500 without thinking about the Thunderbirds and that flyover and that iconic visual that you see right before the start of the Great American Race. Right. Um, and then for me, I think opening this new facility out here in Phoenix and having been part of it throughout the entire rebuild and then to see these race fans come back in, in this facility, because everything we did out here was for the fans. It's that fan experience. It is taking that experience that is already so amazing in NASCAR to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. um, seeing their smiling faces and just how happy, like it was like, okay, we got it right. Um, that was a really, really rewarding moment as well. Exactly. Well, Julie, I can't thank you enough for taking the time here. Really, really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. And uh, I wish you continued success at Phoenix Raceway. I'm going to do my best to get out there for the championship race. And, uh, you know, I mean, hopefully I'll be feeling a little bit better than the last time. I mean, I, I came from the SEMA show in Vegas. I just, I picked up a bug there and it just like, mm -hmm. I had to leave on Saturday. I missed the race on Sunday, unfortunately, but, but uh, I wish you the best of luck, you know, going forward the rest of this year, going forward in the future as well. And thank you very much for joining me on the racing beat. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. My pleasure. That's Phoenix Raceway President Julie Giese, and it's good to have uh, to be back on the air here on the Racing Beat Podcast. I want to say thanks again to Julie for uh, spending the time with us. Also, Matt Humphrey from NASCAR for setting up the interview with Julie. Looking forward to a great weekend of racing, the final weekend of racing for NASCAR down at Phoenix Raceway. That's it for now on this edition of the Racing Beat. Back with more when we catch you the next time right here on the Racing Beat. Take care, everyone.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.